This is Rugged Matrix International, episode 182, New Year, New Look, and welcome to 2014. Rugger Matrix is proudly brought to you by Strike, Australia's leading provider of Bluetooth car kits, reversing cameras and GPS tracking systems. So get legal just like the crack driving team at Rugger Matrix and grab a Strike Cradle for $149. Without a hands-free solution, you're risking a $433 fine and four points. Go to strike.com.au to get 10% off. We love our coffee too and love mybean.com.au. Coffee delivered straight from the roaster to guarantee the freshest brew. Mybean.com.au sells at Roasters Pisces. Yes, hello and welcome to Rugger Matrix International. Juro Senior Host and we're coming to you from beautiful Maroubra Beach just outside the Rugger Matrix studios. We're doing a bit of a refit at the moment so it's going to be pretty spectacular by the time that's done and you'll see that in the next couple of weeks. Well, I hope you've had a great summer in the Southern Hemisphere and a great winter in the Northern Hemisphere. There's so much to come in Heineken Cup, Six Nations, and in the South, the start of Super Rugby. So we're looking forward to that in a couple of weeks. Now, we haven't seen him for a while, and he looks a bit like uh, Santa Claus. We used to. Come on in, Mark Cashman, Sean Down, and I guess this would have been horrific when you first did it, but Mark Cashman's talk us through this haircut. Well, Bronk, you know what it's like. Uh, it's, um, it's a new year. You've got to have the, the, uh, the new look, and this is the new look. Uh, I'm not sure how long the beard's going to last, but uh, listen, I'll tell you what, love the buzz cut. It's uh, absolutely fantastic. Takes you uh, 20 seconds to uh, sort yourself out in the morning and just uh, away you go. But anyway, that's, uh, that's the way it is. But my hair's going to grow back. I can't say that about you, can I? <laughs> you can't. But once you get used to uh, shaving, you never go back. Uh, special shout out to uh, our friends in the Northern Hemisphere as you prepare for some really epic matches and been enjoying it on Satanta Sport here in Australia. And uh, Casho. We're about to head into a serious summer preparation for the winter sport that is rugby. Pretty damn hot down here in Australia. And um, the Waratahs, uh, we're just looking at some vision now, cash out of them training the other day. A couple of them came back, including the one and only Ben Robinson training for the Waratahs as they did the infamous Coogee Hills. Yeah, listen, uh, you know, they've, they've all been about hard work and, uh, and putting the effort in in, uh, in pre-season. It, uh, it sort of sets you up for the season, gives you that mental strength in, uh, in, in many cases. And, uh, you know, the, the man who, we, who we're talking to, uh, Ben Robinson, uh, puts it in there, does it real tough. But uh, you can see that, uh, that there's a bit of science happening with, uh, with the TARS preparation. I do know for a fact that they've been using the hyperbaric chamber at uh, Scott's College uh, of late under the direction of uh, Hayden Martin is their strength and conditioning boss so uh, listen it's all coming along quite well they're putting in the hard yards super rugby as you know Bronk from your time there a media manager at the Waratahs you need to hit the ground running early wins are worth probably two later on the season aren't they yeah, absolutely great to see Wycliffe Palu uh, training the house down he should be right for round one uh, Stephen Hall's great story we spoke to him on this show about that radical surgery on his Achilles he's doing well as well looking to catch up with him again very shortly as he fights for a contract interesting thing about Stephen Hoyles uh, a lot of people thought he was absolutely gone professional rugby was beyond him he came back late last year played uh, played a key role for the uh, for the galloping 
Racing Greens in the Shoot Shield semi-finals, but uh, uh, has actually put in put in a lot of hard work. And he's uh, one of the great things about Stephen Halls at this point for the Waratahs is the leadership that he showed pre-Christmas, and I think that's been pretty important in pulling this group together. Uh, all the Wallabies are back in town. The big dogs are back in town now. But uh, listen, that that important part of laying the foundations before Christmas, Stephen Halls led the way in many aspects for the Waratahs. So good luck to him. All right, so let's hear from Ben Robinson now, and he was speaking to Russell Fairfax. Look, are you impressed with the form of the, I mean, the, the fitness form of the Waratahs back in a session like this? Yeah, look, it's amazing. Um, you know, the players have been here since, you know, late last year, and uh, they've been ripping really hard. Um, you know, we're, we're struggling to keep up with them, which, uh, which is good. Um, you know, it's good to come back here and see those New South Wales boys training really hard, um, you know, working really hard for each other, and uh, I think it's for us, it's easy to slip straight back in. I say this with a smile on my face. Do you think the coach is clever enough to put you up against your, your, your opposition for positions in this team just to let you know where you are? Yeah, look, um, yeah, you can definitely see that. Um, it pushes you that much harder knowing that you're, um, you know, your opposition or you know, your opposing um, team is, mate, is, is right there next to you, pushing you pretty hard. So um, you know, it's healthy having that um, competitive, um, hostile nature. Um, I think it brings out the best in all, all players. Are you pleasantly surprised where you're at? Um, yeah, look, I'm pretty happy where I'm at. Um, I was due back on, you know, the week after this, and uh, but I came back in early and trained hard with the boys. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, it's great being back in this environment. Um, you know, I think I was missing it, and you know, I wasn't going to do much at home, so coming and ripping with the boys. Look, being back, what's the vibe like? Can you can you sense that there's something special maybe this year? Yeah, look, it's a very special vibe. Um, I think right from day one, you, you can really feel the sense of um, ownership of the team. Um, you know, the players really working hard for each other, and that's what you want out of a team. Um, you know, but I think over the next few weeks we'll build really hard and you know bring it nice and tighter. Yeah, you've got some, some good trials coming up, especially the one at home against uh, the Auckland Blues. They'll have Benji Marshall, Marnonu and a host of other internationals. You know, what a great game to watch. Yeah, look, we're not looking too far ahead, I think. Um, you know, there's still a few games before that. Um, we're heading down to Albury, playing some strong game down there. So, um, you know, at the moment it's just uh, toughening it out up these hills. And look, are you going to be available for all the games or are you going to, as the coach said, he, he might bring you in a bit slowly because of the spring tour? Yeah, I think that's a plan. Um, a little bit slower than, um, you know, the, the guys have been here for a while. Uh, hopefully I'd like to play two out of the three games and, and get some game fitness under me. There's, there's nothing like getting out there and ripping in. All right, there is uh, Ben Robinson, Mark Cashman, and uh, I've got to say, uh, interesting for Ben, he's copped a few slaps around the chops uh, throughout his career about being dropped, firing him up, to play well again. I've got to say I felt very sorry for him because I thought he was our best player, one of our best players and certainly the best in the front row against the Lions and then Neil McKenzie dropped him. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure if Ben's over it or not, but uh, listen, he's he's got plenty of good football left in him. He's yet to uh, go to a Rugby World Cup, which is one of the startling things about his career record, and uh, is racking up the tests uh, left, right and centre. As far as I'm concerned, he's he's one of the first props picked in, in any squad going around, whether that's at, at Eastwood or at uh, the Waratahs or the Wallabies. So uh, listen, I'd have him on board just for the experience, and you need that experience. Well, you're a wily old front rower and uh, obviously the game's moved on a bit from your time. But, I mean, does Ben Robinson need to be ripped up with a washboard stomach um, that may impact the way he plays in the front row when it comes to scrummaging time? I mean, Australia laments the ability to, to compete in that area, particularly now that scrums are coming together and it's all about the scrummaging, not 
the initial engagement? It's, it's interesting. Uh, I, I found being a, a six foot prop, uh, the cat's probably a little bit shorter than me. Always found those little guys to be very, very difficult to work with at scrum time. And the scrum is going to be a significant factor throughout, uh, throughout Super Rugby. You can see it in the Northern Hemisphere uh, as, as we speak throughout those uh, uh, Heineken Cup quarterfinals, the Aviva Premiership, the Robo Direct Pro 12, all those sorts of things. You, you can see the influence of the scrum. Good scrummages, people with, with good technique, uh, being able to put themselves in the right position, they're going to be significant and they're going to win games with scrums, I think, at certain stages of Super Rugby. And, of course, Australia will come together later in the year for their test matches um, against France. Uh, that'll be interesting because you never know what you're going to get with France. Uh, but I think... It'll be interesting to see how the Waratahs members come together with the Brumbies players and the Reds, considering Ewan uh, cracked the whip last year uh, with discipline in Ireland. We all know about the fact that a few guys out were having a couple of beers uh, during midweek. Um, they weren't uh, you know, overly crazy with that, but uh, Ewan decided to, to drop those players. A lot of those were Waratahs players. Um, and under the leadership of Ben Moen, uh, it could have been said that uh, maybe there were a couple of different camps. I don't know how things are going to go, but what do you reckon about that? It's interesting, is it? Uh, Ewan has every right to, uh, to to call the discipline call on, on this one. And I, I think in many ways he, he actually did the right thing because it's his regime. He had to uh, draw a line in the sand. But listen, there's no doubting that uh, one of the more talked about games this year is going to be Waratahs v Brumbies. And, you know, there is a bit of feeling there. I know that for a fact. And the boys are going to rip in and there'll be plenty of sledging. And let's let's hope that it's uh, it's just a great game. And uh, listen, that, that's what this sport's all about, isn't it? It's it's competition. It's uh, it's sledging the other guy that's uh, that's better than you, trying to put him off his game and going from there. So that's going to be uh, pretty much the theme uh, when the Tars take on the, the Brumbies in the early stages of Super Rugby. I know, and it might be a question about whether the team is harmonious or not. I can tell you for a fact, also, Casho, that even in the great days of the Wallabies. The, Brumby, the Brumbies dead set hated the Waratahs and vice versa and Queensland hated New South Wales. So New South Wales were hated on two fronts. <laughs> and I can tell you what, when they came together as Australia, they still did the job when it came to playing on the paddock. So, yeah, maybe not everyone gets on. And I think that's absolutely true. Not everyone gets on and they're going to share a beer together or a coffee uh, when they're on tour and camp together. However, when it comes to performing on the paddock, uh, these guys are pretty professional and we'll get on with the job. Well, that's exactly right, Prong. It's any workplace, really, isn't it? Uh, you don't have to love the bloke that you work with. And, you know, you could say that about me, perhaps. But, you know, that's, <laughs> that's certainly not the case. We enjoy each other's company. We enjoy working together. But you don't have to uh, get on to make a good uh, uh, fist of a, of a job. And the, and the job is uh, winning rugby games. All right, so uh, we spoke about the Waratahs. Now let's head down to the Brumbies. And just before Christmas, I managed to uh, travel to uh, Canberra and catch up with the new coaching regime there. And that, of course, is Laurie Fisher and Stephen Larkham in the wake of the departure of Jake White. So here they are together. First up, we're going to hear from Stephen Larkham. There was no doubt you were being, um, I guess, uh, prepared to be the Brumbies coach long term down the track, but does Jake, Jake leaving's obviously accelerated things. Do you feel like you've been uh, left in a lurch a bit or, or, or and maybe um, behind the eight ball a bit? What's the feeling there in your progress? Uh, no, I think the, the team now, it's all about the team at this stage. Um, so personally, I guess um, another year would have been good. Um, 
but I had been thinking about it ever since sort of Jake mentioned it to me. Um, and I guess a little bit more time spent preparing for it would have been nice. It came around all of a sudden and, and we've had to learn as we go basically um, and make decisions as we go. And um, I guess that's sort of started, what, four weeks ago. Um, and we sort of got things rolling pretty quickly. You know, Laurie's a very experienced head coach. Uh, he's been head coach here before and he's got international experience as well. Uh, so um, between the two of us, we put the program in place pretty quickly. Um, but ideally, I think there's, there's certain aspects that I probably could have spent another year honing or experimenting with. Um, but I'll take it as it comes and, and um, push on. I think um, uh, we're still sort of in the infancy of myself and Laurie, uh, and I think the team are still coming to grips with uh, how it's all going to work. But certainly over the next month, we want to put everything in place so that uh, come 6th of January, which is when we get the majority of our players back, everything is seamless. Laurie, are you, are you behind the eight ball a bit with Jake's sudden departure? No, not at all. Like I'd, I'd say a good, um, a good percentage of, of what we do at training and, and tactic, we've, we've developed over the two years anyway. Uh, the things that we were looking to take ahead this year were probably things that Bernie and I had discussed and worked on. So I don't think in terms of how we play our rugby, we're behind the eight ball. We're down a coach at the moment, which, which is difficult. So you've got two guys who are doing a lot of work. And, and, uh, and there's a lot of off-field things that, that uh, Jake was involved in and, and I guess uh, yeah, just his relationship with the lads and his off-field direction. So again, trying to, when you're a coach down at this point in time, balance all those things out. I mean, you've played in a number of teams and now coach for some time now. You, you do sort of have to have a, don't, do you have to have a single focal point at the top of the tree in the coaching department? As a player, you need to know who's selecting you, I think. You need to know who, who to be wary of. <laughs> um, um, and it's quite simple down here at the moment. So I'm selecting the backs and Laurie's selecting the forwards. Uh, we've made that pretty clear to the players. Um, and realistically, I think um, that's the only way it can really work. If, if Laurie was head coach and forwards coach, he'd probably miss elements of backs play in terms of being able to select players for, for different reasons. Uh, and vice versa, if I was the one making the decision, you know, Laurie spent so much time with the forwards, I'd probably miss some crucial little aspects of their game that would you know, push them for selection or not. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good mix because we do get, off, we do get on so well off the field. You guys, as characters, um, would you say you're different sorts of people? Because um, for an outside looking in, you might say that, but uh, what about the personalities and their differences? Yeah, very different. I'll, uh, like, I'd be, I guess, certainly at training time, I'd, I'd be fairly loud and intense and uh, always looking for, for energy and effort uh, out of training. Bernie, as most guys would say, is probably a little bit more laconic, a little bit more laid back, but he's well prepared. And I, and I think one thing that he has grown in his coaching is that capacity to be more demanding of players uh, on the training pitch. So I think there's a nice balance there of, of um, voice and, uh, and, and somebody who's probably a little calmer. We are, we are, yeah. Um, I guess on the field and off the field, um, quite different, but we get on very well. Uh, and the combination of coaching has worked really well. We're constantly talking about the things that we want to develop, the things we might need to change, uh, reviewing our training, uh, 
and always looking for those little things that we're trying to develop or, or just to get better at what we're trying to get better at. So again, the, the new structure doesn't change at all. That's what we've been doing for two years. That's what we'll do for the next two years. And you know, most of the changes have been with regard to just things off the field. Uh, when you're on the paddock, uh, are you the boss, Laurie the boss? How does it work out there on the, on the field? Uh, it depends on the session. So Laurie's uh, impact and breakdown. Um, I do attack. Uh, we both sort of overlook one another's work. Off the field we have robust discussions about um, you know, options and where we need to take the team and all that sort of stuff. And most of that's been done now. We're, we're sort of we're in agreement as to where we need to take the team and, and uh, we're on that track already. Uh, on the field it, it really comes down to who's running the session. Um, that's the person who's the most vocal. Um, the other person out there is overseeing and chipping players or quiet word in the other coach's ear. And again, I mean, a lot of my focus is is about uh, simple things, particularly with the forward pack, about carrying strong, about winning shoulders. Like there's no there's no real science to it. But but if that's all you do, then you're going to find it hard to break an opposition down. So it's really about, from my perspective, about about working on the simple things and making sure that we're that we're strong and we're aggressive and that that, that we give ourselves the best chance of winning contact. And and. And Stephen, taking that as the base model, then what can we grow on top of that to make sure that we're able to to, uh, to open sides up a little bit? So I, I think there's we've got different views in terms of how that's done. So it's, it's complementary, I'd say. Does Stephen um, often ask you for advice about the coaching? Obviously, he's a great great player, but it's a different realm, isn't it, to coach? So does he does he ask you about the finer arts of coaching? Oh no, look, I don't think it's about giving advice. It, it's about just we all learn as we go along. I learn off him. He learns off me. We learn off other people. So I don't think it's sitting down and, and seeking advice. It's it's you see people doing things and you think, geez, that's I, I could incorporate that into what I'm doing, either in the way people do things, in in the way they set up the drills, in might be a tactic, a technique. So any coach is is constantly on that learning curve, and and it's the same here. It's not sitting down necessarily seeking information. It's about seeing it and taking it on board. Is it a case of that getting to the final? The next step has to be to win it. Um, uh, so I guess if you don't win it next year, do you regard it as a failure? How you look? How are you looking forward now that things have changed with Jake's departure and things aren't exactly how you had planned moving into 2014? Well, I guess the plan was probably to keep Jake for another year or another couple of years, um, and we were certainly building. You know, it was a four-year plan initially to try and get to the finals and. We weren't expecting to get to the finals in the first year, and we narrowly missed out. Um, we weren't expecting to get to the final in the second year, um, and we narrow, narrowly missed out on winning the competition. So um, we'll keep pushing forward. I mean, the, the focus for the team is to win the championship, is to be the best super rugby team in the competition. So nothing's changed there, and, and that's the way we're approaching this season. We've got a good group of players, um, so the playing group itself hasn't changed substantially. Um, not only that, but they're you know a really enthusiastic, um, enjoyable group to be around. Um, they understand the culture here. They understand the winning culture. Um, so we haven't lost any of that. Um, and the goal for the team at the moment is definitely to win the competition. Has that made it easier for you that you, you've got a bunch of professional players that sort of, to a certain extent, can can operate on their own? Yeah, I guess we had a relatively young side two years ago. Average age was 22, so I'm assuming the average age is now going to be 24. <laughs> um, um, but they're sort of evolving in their rugby career now to the point where 
they do have to take more responsibility, more accountability on the field um, and, and for their uh, actions off the field. I think we've been through a, a number of off-field incidences over the last couple of years and I think the team has learnt from that uh, as a whole and um, we realise that the two are connected um, and, it's, and it's good to know that the players know that. Um, yeah, they're a very mature group, um, led very well by Ben Mullen. Um, and we have seen the most out of them. You know, two years ago we had three Wallabies, last year we had three Wallabies, and now we've got uh, eight or nine, um, including a couple of injuries, you know, up around ten. Um, so they have developed extremely well, um, and that's because they're a hard-working, dedicated group. Stephen's sort of tenure in the game where he's been such a great player for so long, does that, does that also help when, when, when looking at recruitment and other things like that? Yeah, look, I, I think... I think uh, People who have genuine um, uh, clout in the game, and, and Jake was one of those, obviously as a World Cup winner, and, and Stevens as a player, as a World Cup winner. So I, I think there's a lot of a lot of players who would be thinking it's a great opportunity to learn off off uh, one of the greats of the game. Uh, so so definitely, I, I think that it is a potential recruitment advantage. But in the end, your whole program's got to run well. You've got to be successful. Uh, people have to see that they they can come, particularly to Canberra and be better footballers, uh, advance up the ranks. So there's no one thing that, that gets players here, but, I, but certainly he, he's got a lot, of, um, a lot of clout in the game and deservedly so. How do you approach the uh, off-field discipline, obviously? Um, you were a player and you would have seen a lot of your teammates get into trouble and you may have covered up. For, <laughs> we've all sort of uh, maybe helped out a player here and there who was probably in the firing line, but a man around the 40 years of age uh, looking after these kids, I mean, how do you approach it? Um, is it business-like? Do you understand that people might go through uh, trouble as a youngster? Do you cut up some slack? I mean, are you very strict? How do you see it? Um, we basically treat them as adults, so they're, they're no longer kids. Treat them as adults and, and you know, the, the group of guys that we've got at the moment are very mature. Um, understanding the opportunity that presents to these players is very important um, and, and respecting that opportunity I think is, is the message that we try and drive home to these guys. Um, generally we give them one chance to make a mistake um, in a certain area um, and then if it happens again then you, you need to discuss it with them but um, there's no fines or there's no uh, harassing them or anything like that. It's, it's a matter of treating them like adults and understanding that people make mistakes and we get on and Fix it, we fix it and move on. Did you find it difficult to, um, artic as a great player, articulate how players should play the game as you see it? Um, you know, I remember seeing like, someone like David Campisi came to a training session once and just said, just do what I do, you know, and that, that's obviously something that uh, good players have difficulty in, in, in doing when they become a coach. How did you find that? Yeah, that's the challenge, I think, understanding that um, the players of the current era are different sorts of rugby players, um, understanding that, that it's easy to see it yourself. Um, so the challenge is to try and work out how to make the individual perform best. Um, sometimes that's a matter of talking to them, sometimes um, it's guiding them on the field, guiding them off the field. Um, but the challenge really is understanding the player and trying to get the most out of the player, not necessarily the, the way I would have done it, um, but what suits them best. How do you think Stephen's been able to uh, bridge that gap? Because you've got to be able to articulate. It's not just say, look, I did it, now you do it. Yeah. Well, because he's an articulate person, I think, so uh, 
it was, it's not just natural ability. Like he had to work hard on his game. Um, and he just didn't turn up and, and be the footballer that he was. He started off as a halfback, so uh, I think he, he found what works for him over a period of time and then got better at that. So, again, it's understanding that it's not about doing what I did, it's about doing what the team requires and the style of play that we play. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't think he has any problem there. He's, a, he's an intelligent guy, he understands rugby, he's, he's constantly looking for new ideas. So. Things just progress from there. When you're out there in the paddock, do you, do you enjoy that as much? Yelling instructions and when the guys are nailing moves that you've prepared for them to do. Is that as satisfying to you as when you played? It can be. Um, there were a couple of uh, occasions over the last two years where I've been on the sideline and I've, I've been carried away. You know, I've jumped in the air with my fist pumped and um, felt like I was a part of it. And I think that's, that's the beauty of being on the sideline as a coach, as a head coach. Being on the sideline, um, being involved in the atmosphere of the ground and the emotion of the game. Um, you know, when something good comes off, and it's not necessarily something that I've told them to do, but you know, you're part of the team really. And, and um, when something good happens, a try is scored or a great tackle or something like that, you, you're really part of it. And, and yeah, you certainly feel like um, you contributed to it, but um, you also feel like you're part of that team. Is this long term for you now, Stephen Larkham, rugby coach? Through to uh, retirement? Well, what is retirement? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've already had one retirement from rugby. Um, Although you're still playing every now and then. Yeah, yeah, still got a game coming up actually over in Dubai okay. in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, for me, yeah, I guess um, it's, it's a medium term goal at this stage to stay in coaching. Yeah, you can't really look much further than that because it is a transient job. You do move around a lot. I'd like to believe that, that we can change that idea that coaches have to move on or head coaches have to move on after three years. Um, I like the idea of, of potentially uh, having a fair bit of time with one team and trying to make it develop. You're both really big on the fact that you've got to put back into uh, the, the Canberra, the ACT region. Yeah, look, we, we will have a massive focus in the next two years of, of um, re-establishing quality pathways in care but things have been different over the last few years have been AAU have run their goal programs they've they've uh, taken the lead on on academies with the National Academy so now it's all back in the lap of the provinces so it gives us a really good opportunity to work with our pathways from from you know 14s through to through to 20s and through to our development squad and beyond so Looking forward to that opportunity to develop our, our local players, giving them the opportunity to become Brumbies in the future, which it probably hasn't been over the last few years. Do you think um, when you organised your play, uh, you were genius when you played, uh, and the moves of the Brumbies are synonymous the world over. There's a lot of movement before the game line. How much of that do you want to see in the game, and how much do you want to leave up to the players to play what's in front of them on the night? It's about half and half, I think. So coming, coming up with a bit of a plan before the game is very important. Um, but again, um, you know, they could change their defence. They could change their tactics before you actually run out there. And you, you're basing it on the couple of games that you've seen beforehand. So you certainly have to come up with a bit of a plan. Um, but most of the time and most of our training is about allowing the players to see the best option in front of them or, or contributing to their development in terms of when they get on the field, are they then capable of seeing the right option and taking the right option? So, so there's a mix of both. Um, 
I think the important thing is understanding that there's one side of rugby which is uh, running rugby, flashy rugby, throwing the ball around, running it from everywhere and I think there's another side which is winning rugby um, and you've got to find a balance. Um, you, you know, you've got to keep the crowd entertained because then the, the crowd can certainly lift the team um, in the slower moments of the game. Um, but at the same time, you've got to win the games. You know, that's what it's all about. It's about winning. Um, and we've got, a, we've got a strong culture here at the moment about winning. Um, we understand our game plan is based around winning. It's not necessarily a flashy game, but when we get our opportunity to attack, we certainly want to be dynamic and um, entertain the crowd. And, you know, we were in the top four try-scoring teams of the competition last year. Um, so we're certainly there or thereabouts. We, we certainly want to improve our attack a little bit, but we don't want to lose that winning edge either. And, that, and that's what Laurie understands, you know, the, the, the hard stuff that you need to turn the switch to make that happen. Mm, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few elements of our game that we're going to ch change this year, and, uh, um, you know, that's down Laurie's alley, um, and, and he's going to be a good motivator for the team. As a forwards coach, are there a few better than Laurie in the world? Uh, well, I haven't seen a better forwards coach in the world, yeah. Very technical, um, very good motivator of players, um, no nonsense, very knowledgeable, um, very good to work with, really good ideas across the park, and, um, um, you know, all the players appreciate what he does. And just on the, um, the dynamic nature of our forwards against, say, the All Blacks, who, who can play the football just as well as their backs, mm. You must have been so satisfied to see something like Stephen Moore flick the ball out the back like a flying winger the other day. Um, but is that some, without getting carried away, is that skill set something you want to add more to your forwards? Yeah, I think forwards have to have those skills. I mean, rugby is about catching and passing. It's not, um, you know, there's obviously the scrum and the line out where you've got to be fairly specific with your skills. But then majority of the game is, is unstructured play. It's from turnover, from counter-attack, it's from uh, multi-phase attack. Um, and you definitely need everyone in your team to have those skills, otherwise you become one-dimensional and easily defended. Um, so it's something that we've been working on over the last couple of years. You know, we, we um, incorporate skills into just about every training session, um, whether it's backs or forwards. Um, and we've seen the skill improve over the last two years and we want to take it to another level, definitely. Last question about the role of the media in the game. Rugby's sort of battling at the moment uh, for hearts and minds in Australia. Just, it's just it's slid, there's no doubt it's slid in terms of ratings and popularity. Um, how, how important is that part of the game, do you think, uh, to you, or are you just coaching and that's it? Uh, no, it's an element of the game that we have to consider. Um, and I guess that comes down to um, the entertainment on the night, um, not necessarily the rugby itself, but everything around the game as well. Um, but what we can do on the field is, is certainly entertain the crowd a little bit more and make the, the whole night or the whole day quite a spectacle for people to come and watch and, and same for TV ratings as well in terms of uh, making it an enjoyable game to watch. Obviously more people are going to watch it. What, um, what about the engagement midweek though? You know, there's, you can have banter with other teams, you can talk about issues as well. I mean, it's, it's probably a seven day a week thing. Yeah, in terms of the media it mm. is. Yeah, and getting out in the community. So, you know, we're very unique down here in Canberra in that we have a, a small community. Um, it's a relatively large small community but um, it is a small community compared to the other provinces. Um, and, and we certainly like to see ourselves as Canberrans, everyone in the team as a Canberran, uh, and we try and get out into the community throughout the week, um, into the different demographics, demographics in the community, um, 
to share experiences, to have a laugh, to, um, to enjoy things with the local community because we need that community to come and support us on the weekends. Um, but also um, because Canberra is such a great town, um, so uh, getting the guys to come down here and realise that, that uh, Canberra is quite beautiful and it's unique and uh, it's a great experience to come and live here. Um, and then there's the other side, which is the media, and certainly, um, um, how would you say, you wouldn't say playing it up in the media, but, but being involved with the media, being open with the media, um, creating personalities and identities in the team is going to be important for us. Um, and I think um, most of our guys, you know, over the last two years, have, they've appreciated how important the media is uh, in getting the message out there that rugby is a wonderful game, that, that uh, the Brumbies are a wonderful team and that Canberra is a great place to live. And last one, Laurie, can you blokes ever have a barbecue and a beer and not talk rugby? <laughs> uh, probably not. I mean, it's, uh, it's a big part of your life and any coach will tell you that, that, that you've always got uh, an eye and an ear out for, for somebody saying something or doing something. So it's certainly a central part of the conversation uh, and that's amongst the whole group here. So I think that's what makes it exciting that it's never boring. Uh, and, and, and we're always looking to, f f to find a way forward. Well, there they are, Stephen Larkham and Laurie Fisher, and uh, just wonderful, wonderful rugby brains. And you can sit there and listen to them for hours, but they are poles apart in personalities and interest-wise. I mean, they are two different characters. Can it work, Kasha? It's going to be interesting, isn't it? You know, uh, you know, Jake was overseeing a lot of things there, and uh, uh, Stephen and uh, and Lord Laurie were, were taking care of the details. So, it's uh, it, it, it's a matter about how how they actually see the vision together about where the Brumbies team is going. And you know, the, the Brumbies team is it's another year. It's another year of transition. You know, they're, they're developing, they're they're maturing. Uh, it's it's going to be very interesting uh, to see. Uh, you know, there's all those sorts of things that need to go on. They've got to deal with the media. They've got to do this. They've got to do that. Uh, all those sorts of things. So it's 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 going to be very interesting to watch to see how it actually uh, it pans out. And uh, anyway, winning fixes a lot of those things, doesn't it? And the Brumbies have been winning of late. It certainly does. And the other great thing I found about it, they are very different. I've seen a couple of sessions now with Fisher and Larkham operating down there. Stephen's very good. They comment about uh, understanding the role of the media, which is, I think, uh, so important for him to sell uh, what the Brumbies are doing. But one of the best guys in the game I've ever seen, just for pure good blokiness, is uh, Pat McCabe. And he's had some dramatic uh, issues with, uh, with the neck, of course. And uh, he's back and giving it another fist. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to see him back on the field. A lot of people thought he was uh, he was sort of finished. A very, very delicate uh, sort of injury. You've, you've you've got to make sure that you're 100% correct before you're actually on the field. But he's going to add some thrust there. You know whether that's at whether that's at fullback, whether that's in the centres, or uh, you, I think you noticed Bronk when you were down there. He was he was doing a bit of uh, ball playing at number 10. So uh, you know they're, they're trying to increase the skills, and that's what uh, that what that's what preseason's all about. Absolutely, Casho, and of course in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, Six Nations isn't far away and uh, we'll be catching up with Les Kiss again shortly to find out uh, what island are thinking uh, heading into Six Nations, so it's going to be uh, pretty interesting. Uh, England, of course, you can never discount them. Wales, they'll be hurting after the end of their year last year and of course, who knows what France can produce.
Yeah, interesting, isn't it? And on top of all that, it's uh, Heineken Cup quarterfinals coming up uh, very soon. The uh, the eight are through, so uh, you know Toulon defending their title. They look pretty good uh, from what I've seen of them, but uh, you know that's uh, that's not going to happen un until April. We've got a, a Six Nations Championship sort of coming up. You know, is England going to going to come through this year? Ireland at different stages looked uh, looked pretty good. Almost beat the All Blacks, as as you remember there tell you what that that was an absolute tragedy uh old les is still crying into his uh into his guinness on that one so when and you mentioned france before and listen they're uh they've been rocked by the loss of uh theory du Sautois for uh i think pretty close to four months so uh, he may not even come to australia as uh, the captain of the uh, french national side so uh, a lot of things to be played out six nations in coming weeks yeah, Six Nations, uh, we always look forward to uh, seeing that each year. And uh, of course, Mark Cashman, before we go, there's some big news about yourself. You know, a long-time editor of Inside Rugby magazine and the Wallaby programs and formerly the uh, Waratahs program. You've now seen the light and moved on to the greater world of uh, your own business. And uh, I'm pretty uh, happy to announce that for the first time today, that you've now launched a new enterprise. Yeah, Bronk Cash Cow Media Solutions. It's all about. So, uh, listen, it's a uh, it's a daunting time. It's uh, you know after the uh, uh, the safety blanket of uh, of ACP and Bow Media for 16 years, it was uh, it was sort of time to move on. Uh, and uh, mate, I'm excited by the uh, the prospects of uh, everything out there. Of course, uh, I'll I would love to continue to uh, work in rugby, and rugby will always be part of both my my personal and uh, and professional life. So we'll see where that lands but first cab off the rank is a bit of publishing bronc with a, a, a fairly major sport in on, on the world scene, Major League Baseball uh, coming to Sydney on March 22 and 23, the LA Dodgers v the Arizona Diamondbacks and uh, we're doing the publishing and event program for that uh, that little event there. So very excited about what's, uh, what's ahead so uh, everyone out there don't hesitate to call. And the good thing about that match is uh, it's a legitimate uh, match in the ABL. It's not a, uh, it's not um, uh, uh, you know an exhibition game, isn't it? The American Baseball League. It's it's out to uh, to play a fair dinkum match in Sydney. Yeah, uh, when I was overseas in October, I managed to catch one of the uh, the Dodgers games at uh, at Dodgers Stadium, and it it is an absolutely superb event. And I'm sure that uh, the organisers here, uh, more sports, are going to put on an absolutely uh, superb job. They, they were the people involved with uh, trying to get the uh, the Bledisloe Cup to uh, Denver, Colorado, Mile High Stadium, which uh, as you know is the home of uh, Peyton Manning at this point in time, who's on his way to a Super Bowl. So uh, yeah, listen, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's a great event and I'm sure the SCG is going to be absolutely transformed into a uh, Major League Baseball ground, so uh, mate, it's going to be uh, a superb event. Get there and buy yourself a program. Alright Casho, all the very best of luck and uh, uh, we hope that it's a huge success. Of course, Mark Cashman's main duties will be with Rugger Matrix International and we'll be here every week heading through 2014. All right, thanks very much for tuning in. Don't forget, you can get Rugger Matrix America on the website and very soon we'll be talking Rugger Matrix Club 
rugby again. Now we're going to bring this show back in the wake of the ARU's announcement. There's going to be a new national rugby championship at the end of the year and there's a lot of interest. There's so many people we can talk to in Clubland about it. So keep an eye out for that. So we'll be back with a vengeance in 2014. So make sure you tune in. All right. Thanks to strike.com.au, our major sponsor. They have been fantastic and been with us now for a couple of years and they will be with us for many to come. They are great rugby people. Until next week, enjoy your rugby and we'll see you then.